For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's it up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-back This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. On this week's episode, a look back at the Panthers' 33-31 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 9 and a look ahead to their matchup versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And welcome back to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by my esteemed colleague, a 13-year NFL veteran, the first defensive player ever selected by the Carolina Panthers franchise back in 1995, two-time Super Bowl winner Tyrone Poole. What's going on, Tyrone? How you been? What's going on, Desmond, my man? Back again with a little bit of Believe in Carolina Panther podcast with that. Hopefuls, the faithfuls, keep it pounding, keep it pounding. Carolina Panther fans. It's a, it's been a unique year so far, to say the least. The, the Panthers nine games into the 2020 uh, COVID-19 affected NFL season, three and six on the season so far. Uh, a very interesting, fun game last Sunday against the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and all-world quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Um, of course, what we normally do throughout the season, we give you some takeaways from what we saw during that ga- the previous game, and then we give you some keys to the game for the upcoming game, uh, of which the Panthers will have a rematch against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home at Bank of America Stadium Sunday at 1 p.m. on Fox. Before we do that, though, let's give a shout-out to our sponsors at Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing you might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. A lot of people don't realize, Tyrone, that uh, our quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is like fifteen and four against the spread. So uh, while the Panthers didn't win yesterday, he did cover the spread. The spread I think was like ten and a half points, and of course the Panthers lost thirty-three to thirty-one. So maybe for our betting fans out there, keep that in mind as they go into this game against the Bucks this week. They're currently uh, the Bucks are favored by four and a half points on the road. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Carolina Panthers fall to the Kansas City Chiefs, 33-31 to is your final. Again, another game where we had Joey Sly attempting to kick a record-breaking field goal to potentially win the game, this time a 67-yarder that actually had the leg, but with a swirling wind, uh, was far right, and the Panthers fall 
to Mahomes and those Chiefs. I'm going to let you kick it off first, Tyrone, in terms of your number one takeaway that you uh, that you pulled from this Panthers-Chiefs matchup that was pretty exciting throughout the majority of Sunday afternoon last week. Yes, it was, Desmond. And I tell you right away what I took away from last week when I told everybody. I told them. I said right here on this show. I said, what? Carolina Panthers are going to have to do. I said, they're going to have to match what Kansas City brings to the table. And man, I'm telling you, Teddy Bridgewater, boy, he stood, you stood up, Teddy. You stood up, Teddy. I love it. Man, <laughs> Teddy threw that ball 49 times, 310 yards, compared to Mahomes, who threw it for 45. So hmm. I'm like, right there, Teddy stood up. Teddy stood up. So, Teddy, man, keep standing. Steady Teddy. That's what we're calling you, baby. But uh, that's that. That's my first takeaway um, uh, on offense, that Teddy Bridgewater, he stood up. The running game even tried to get in there a little bit um, with Christian coming back. But Teddy stood up, and he threw that ball. And, man, look at here. Good job, Teddy. Yeah, I would agree with that. My my first thought uh, as the Panthers took their first drive down the field and watching uh, the return of Christian McCaffrey, we've been talking about it for the past six weeks while he's been out. And we went through the whole, you know, Mike Davis is pretty good type phase and everything else. People kind of forgot about McCaffrey somehow. But I think the number one thing for me was that the Carolina Panthers offense is a monster with Christian McCaffrey in the lineup. Uh, you know, he had 18 carries, 69 yards and one touchdown on the ground. 10 receptions, Tyrone, 82 yards and a touchdown in the air. Uh, The offense was better on third down. They were 7 for 16 on third down, so slightly under 50% there. Uh, Total yards, they had 435 yards total. And they were 4 for 4 in the red zone with with CMC out there. And we've talked about how the Panthers have had so many issues getting down into the red zone and then having to settle for field goals or coming away with nothing. They actually – were pretty damn good on Sunday in terms of uh, converting red zone opportunities into touchdowns. Uh, And I think a lot of that was because Christian McCaffrey was out there. I am a little concerned, though. I need to know, where is DJ Moore? Like, DJ Moore has disappeared in this offensive scheme the past two weeks. He only had two receptions for 18 yards versus the Chiefs. He was only targeted three times. And how many times did you say Teddy threw the ball? 49? Yeah, 49 times, man. So so out of 49 times, DJ Moore was targeted three times. Like, that's that's not really good. And then he only had two weeks, uh, two catches prior in the game against Atlanta. Uh, And and there was no McCaffrey in that game. So I'm not really sure what's going on. Uh, There's zero reason reason for a weapon like Moore to not be used. I would assume he's going to be used more in this upcoming game against Tampa uh, with McCaffrey being ruled out. And we'll talk a little bit about that in our injury report. But... I don't, it's strange. It's strange how it feels like sometimes Bridgewater is so concerned about not focusing on just one singular uh, player that sometimes guys get totally, completely left out. Earlier in the year, it was Curtis Samuel. So I'm not really sure what's going to come of this, but it was very jarring to see that uh, DJ Moore just really wasn't involved in the offense at all. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I'm pretty sure DJ going to step his game up. But I'll say this other thing I take away from this game is the fact that the defense, baby, the defense, you know what? KC got two sacks on Teddy Bridgewater, but guess where we came right back and we got two sacks ourselves. So those two sacks came at the hands of Sam Franklin. He got one. He also had four uh, tackles total, you know. And then our man, 
Brian Burns, man, he got in there and got a little piece of Mahomes. So uh, the defense, man, I'm beginning to see the defense starting to get back there on that quarterback. So uh, I like that from the standpoint of this past game against KC. Yeah, and we talked about that last week that, you know, pick your poison. Did you want to just kind of fall back and let Mahomes kind of pick apart his own defense or did you want to kind of try to send some folks at him and get him on the run where he's even more dangerous sometimes? And the Panthers did a little bit of both and uh, made it made it interesting because they kept Mahomes not comfortable throughout most of Sunday, uh, which, was, which was a treat because we've seen the defense, you know, get kind of shredded the past couple of weeks. Still got an issue with getting off the field, but – I'm kind of giving them a pass this past Sunday because they're probably playing the best offensive unit in the entire NFL and to hold them to 33 points when they had a number of times early in the game where they had to settle for field goals while the Panthers were leading. Uh, Harrison Bucker, the kicker for Kansas City, kicked two field goals. I think in the first half, score was 14-6 to Carolina because Carolina jumped on them early with touchdowns. And uh, that, to me, was part of the reason why Carolina was so uh, good in this game in terms of almost pulling off which probably would have been the upset of the year to date if Carolina had pulled this this game off. Uh, one of the things I did notice, the Panthers were aggressive, and I tweeted it during the game, aggressive Panthers. They had a, a fake punt with 14.09 to go in the second quarter, 28-yard gain, kept a drive going. It led to a touchdown for, uh, for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a fourth down run uh, that, that he basically walked into the end zone uh, early in the game the Panthers coaching staff deserves flowers because they decided looking at this game that to me, it was almost like, okay, this is our Super Bowl. We're going to throw everything we got at this game to measure where we are. And for the most part, most of the stuff they threw stuck, it stuck to the wall. It worked. So I have a lot of positivity towards the Panthers offensive side of the ball and what they're doing to the point where really, I think they just need to focus on getting this offensive line fixed uh, in the off season whether through the draft or free agency or whatever, and focus more on building through the draft, the defensive side of the ball, get some more reinforcements over there on that side. And Carolina's got a, to me, they got a pretty bright future. And again, I'm very thankful that each game has been exciting and competitive. This Panther team does not quit. Last year, the Panther team around this time of the year, Ron Rivera had just gotten fired. Cam Newton was sitting on IR. And the team, you, they just folded. You could see it on TV. They just weren't playing 100%. And it felt like a lot of the guys on that roster just stopped caring. This year's team, even though they're 3-6, and six, they play hard every minute of the game. And because of that, every game has been relatively close. So I appreciate that as a Panther fan, uh, you know, having to watch the product each week, that each week I go into it thinking, okay, at least I'm going to be entertained. We might get a win out of this, but they're not going to make me feel like we're just overmatched. They've, they have not made me feel that way the entire year, no matter who they've played, including the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Yeah, and I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this about that defense again. Uh, great play by the Panthers, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I was, I was so excited to see you play against the world champion, and I've been there in that fold where you get the team's best. And – like I said, I can't go back but continue to emphasize. I said that the Panthers, were, if they were going to be in this game or have an opportunity to beat the Chiefs, everybody's going to have to step up and do a PR. And, again, that run defense, man, stepped up. And Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid is a great offensive coordinator, man. That's how he he's so good with mixing in the run in the past. But the Panthers said, you know what, Andy, 
you know what? We're going to step up our game, and we're going to slow down your run game. And from a net of 36 yards, man, I'm like, you can't beat that. I'm like, 36 yards net? Oh, come on now. Come on now. Yeah. Them boys did good, man. Them boys did good, man. So my thing is, Panthers, keep it going, baby. We're in the second half of the season. Keep it going. Finish strong. And, man, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, man, I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm getting to see some football out there, man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, too, because at three and six, somehow the Panthers are not eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, keep in mind, Panther fans, that there's an additional seventh spot this year. Normally there's six spots in the NFC and AFC uh, playoffs. They expanded it before the season began to seven where only the one seed on both sides gets the bye. So it makes it even more important now uh, going towards the end of the season, who gets that fir- that number one seed in the NFC and AFC? Because they're only going to be the only ones to get a bye. Uh, this week, actually, the NFL announced that they would potentially increase the field to eight teams on both sides, depending on how many games were potentially lost due to COVID in the regular season. So uh, the Panthers are like right kind of at the edge of uh, getting into the playoffs. I don't want to get ahead of anything because they've only won three games. And they, the, the back end of their schedule is brutal with uh, Tampa. They still got to see Green Bay. Uh, it, it's it's not fun. It's not a fun second half of the season for the Panthers. Um, but just putting it out there, they're still they still have something to fight for. And uh, it looks like head coach Matt Rule and uh, Joe Brady, who I, I saw Joe Brady, he was down on the field uh, on Sunday. That's how big of a deal this game was. Normally he's up in the booth. He decided to come down in the field, and I loved it because you, you could see – Brady on the uh, bench talking to Teddy Bridgewater, talking to Will Greer, figuring out what was going on. And I, he had like a bird's eye view before being on the field and having that perspective. I think it's a little bit different for a play caller. So it kind of showed. It showed how aggressive they were on the offensive side of the ball with him down there. And I really, really liked it. Um, I will say that uh, missing Jeremy Chin on Sunday was huge because Travis Kelsey – uh, was all over the place. Uh, the the tight end for the Chiefs, who many consider the best tight end in the entire game, he had 159 yards receiving, and each time he would catch the ball right around the middle of the field deep, I kept thinking that's Jeremy Chin's spot. Like he would have been Jeremy Chin would have been on him on that play. I wonder if it would have went differently if he was playing today, uh, which says a lot about how how much that this rookie safety has taken strides in terms of him entering my mind as a. Uh, a top option on defense in terms of defending weapons on the other side, just, you know, eight games, nine games into his rookie year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Chin is on track to be back this week. We'll need him against Tampa because they're coming with a lot of weapons on the passing side as well. But uh, I think Jeremy Chin's on track to be the defensive rookie of the year uh, in the NFL, Tyrone. Well, regardless if it's Tra- Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Demarcus Robinson, you know, defense, everybody, you got 11 guys out there. 11 guys, okay? It's not just one guy. It's 11 guys. And the offense is trying to beat the actual coverage. So whether Jeremy Chin had been there, you know what? He might have made a difference. But the point is he wasn't there, okay? The person who steps in his spot has to step up. That's why he's on the Panthers. That's why he is uh, in the secondary and starting. Uh, So it doesn't matter who steps up or comes in. It's the next man up. So, of course, the passing game is where – the Panthers faltered, and if, you know, you take Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, you know, you got to just try to hope that you can slow those guys down. You know they're going to make their plays. 
you know, Tyreek Hill, he's going to outrun you. And while you try to play the deep pass, that's when they're going to slip Kelsey in there. And that's why he was open. And see, that would make a great offense. That's why I'm like with the Panthers, their offense. You got to stress the field. Stress the field, make those safeties get back deep, and then throw it underneath. So you pick up those yards. So that's why Kelsey, I believe in my mind, playing this game for so long, that that's how you beat somebody. If you if you got that guy on the outside that can stretch, stretch, then now while the safety's trying to get back deep, so whether it had been Chin or whoever, Boston, whoever, you got to respect the fact that they can throw the ball deep. And you got to respect the fact that Mahomes can get that ball deep. So what that does, that leaves the underneath throws available. And when you got an athletic, athletic tight end like Kelsey, oh, come on, man. Yak, yards after the catch, he going to kill you every time. Because like- you Yak now. So, um, again, the this offense that the – Panthers played against this is probably going to be the most explosive offense that they probably going to face up to this point right now and probably for the rest of the season I'm like these guys are just good they are just good so uh but for what they did man putting points up on the board because guess what the game is such right now where really they're handicapping the defense they're telling you to play defense with your hands behind your back Yes. Covered guy. So again, you're going to see the stats in the passing game go up, 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 up. And they're going to continue to go up, just like the doggone economy. <laughs> just like <laughs> you know, uh, just like the debt that the country is in. It's going to continue to go up, 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 up. So you're going to start to see passing yards go up, up, up because of the rules. But again, the Panthers did show that they can stop the run, even though uh, KC probably didn't run the ball as much as they uh, could have. They threw the ball more. You know, you look at how many times Mahomes threw the ball, through it 45 times. So, again, they had made it up in their mind that they're going to come out and they're going to attack the Panthers through the air. Yeah, and, uh, you know, piggybacking off of what you said, I, I was happy because I have been harping on the Panther defense to do something to stop the run, anything, please, because <laughs> it felt like they just hadn't fixed a lot of issues from the beginning of the season up to current. But they did a good job against Kansas City. You're right, it did feel like Kansas City decided to kind of pick on the Panther secondary a little bit. There was a couple of times I noticed miscommunication in the secondary, you know, playing that zone. Uh, in particular, one of them was a, a Tyreek Hill touchdown where he basically was – uncovered running into the end zone uh, from across the field where it looked like Dante Jackson was kind of on him at first and he thought he was passing him off to the safety. The safety didn't follow him across the field and the other safety where he was heading towards ran off towards someone else and he just Tyreek Hill just ran into an open pocket and Mahomes is going to see that and he just got him right in the numbers and it was a touchdown. Watching the Kansas City Chiefs offense, it's like watching basketball kind of. It's just this fast break like just they can strike from anywhere. Mahomes has this thing where he, when he's running, like if he's like a bootleg out or something and he's trying to create some time, he just kind of flicks the ball with his wrist. Like it looks like, but then it'll go like 50 yards in the air, <laughs> like down the field. Like I was late to the Patrick Mahomes party. I didn't want to believe a kid this young could be that good so quickly that no one had heard of really in college. Uh, but you know, Hey, trust Andy Reed and his, his mindset and his eyes towards quarterback play because this dude is something else. Like, uh, just watching the game, I caught myself kind of watching Mahomes uh, throughout Sunday, just like what he was doing. And he just seems like he's getting more and more comfortable in that offense and and doing things at the line, which is scary as hell because he was not doing this before. And he admitted it. He said he doesn't even know 
you know, I think it was a year ago, he said, you know, honestly, I only have a grasp of about 50% of the playbook that Andy Reid's given me. Like, I'm still learning it. And that was in an MVP, Super Bowl MVP season. So when he gets to that point that some of the elite quarterbacks get to where the game starts moving slower and he just starts picking you apart, like a Brady or a Peyton Manning in their prime type, Kurt Warner, that kind of thing. I don't know what you can do to stop this guy based off of what you just said. The, the NFL, the rule changes have made it where it's almost impossible to defend the pass in the NFL. It's just back and forth, back and forth. And we're kind of there now. So I, I fully expect the Kansas City Chiefs to emerge from the AFC. I know the Steelers are undefeated, but I looked at who they played, and I don't think the Steelers have played anyone above 500 other than the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so their schedule is a little weaker uh, than what the Chiefs have seen. But the Steelers got a defense, man. And defenses, as you would know, the later you get in the year, become more and more important to a champion's chances to, to get in there and doing their thing. So Steelers and Chiefs might be heading for a collision in the AFC. Uh, meanwhile, the, the Panthers heading for a collision against a division rival, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, this Sunday at 1 p.m. on Fox. Uh, right before we get to that, though, just some quick injury news for the Panthers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he did suffer a rib injury late in the game versus the Chiefs. He will not play versus the Bucks. They ruled him out early this week, actually. Um, he is listed as day-to-day. And actually, I just saw this morning as we were preparing for this that uh, McCaffrey has received a second opinion. And that it's possible he might play next week versus the Detroit Lions. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, if you were if you were Matt Rule, uh, Ty, and I kind of get a feeling of where you're going to go with this because you're a former player, but the question's been out there. Would you would you sit McCaffrey the rest of this year with him being out six weeks with a high ankle sprain? Those are you know those are touch and go. Then he gets injured the first game he comes back. There's seven games left in the season. They're three and six. You just extended him to the largest contract for a running back in NFL history. Would that thought cross your mind if you're Matt Rule that maybe you should just sit him uh, while you're getting other things straightened out, or would you play him as soon as he's available to play? Uh, you got to play him when he's ready to play. That's that one is one is simple. You know, you got to play him when he's ready to play. Uh, the fans, of course, they want him out there on the field, but if you're a franchise, you want to win. Uh, he's your uh, thoroughbred, then you got to rest your thoroughbred and bring your thoroughbred your thoroughbred back in when they're ready. I don't understand this logic that some of the fans have, and it's not just Panther fans, it's all fans, where they, they seem to think it's easy for a team to tank, quote-unquote tank for a season, to get a high draft pick. And I just don't understand it. In, in the NFL, you're talking about a 52-plus a man roster. One first-round pick isn't going to really change the fortunes of your team. Like you just said a couple minutes ago, it's not just one guy out there on defense, it's 11 guys out there. So this idea that a team would attempt to lose football games to get a higher draft pick to help them the next season, that I, I don't, it doesn't compute to me. Like it's like, how do you convince a whole team of fifty-two guys to just play, just go out there and play seventy percent, guys? Don't go one hundred and ten, just go seventy. If we win it, that's fine. But if not, that's okay too. That doesn't happen. Like you know what I mean? Like these are professional football players. Like they want to win every week they go out there. Otherwise, it's what's the point of going through the week? So uh, for all the fans out there who think it's easy to just be like, oh, they're three and six, sit down McCaffrey, let's tank the season, get a top five pick, maybe get Trevor Lawrence, that kind of thing. It's not really how it works. Like, I'm just confused how some people think that a team could just lay down and, and not try 
on purpose. Uh, we've seen it happen where teams just get beaten into it, but not like, you know, uniformly we all are aware that the team is trying to get a high draft pick next year, so we're not going to play as hard. <laughs> you know, it just seems like a, a wild accusation to throw out there to any team, but Panther fans are going to be Panther fans, so that's kind of been a thing floating out there. McCaffrey will probably play knowing him uh, next week versus Detroit. This week, though, uh, the Panthers are going to have to do without him. Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox, Panthers versus Bucks. Tom Brady comes to town, and Pewter and uh, White, uh, the Bucks defeated the Panthers week two of the NFL season to go to one and one on the year. Um, Ty, what's one of your first things you're looking for here? Based off of what we saw against the, the Panthers versus the Bucks the last time, one of the main things that happened was turnovers. They lost four turnovers in that game. Uh, two of them were interceptions from Teddy Bridgewater early in the game that dug a hole that the Panthers could just never dig out from. What's one of your uh, keys to this game coming up here Sunday on Fox? Well, again, one of my keys, uh, Mahomes, unlike last week, Tom Brady's going to be where he is. Like the late Denny Green said, they are who we thought they were. You know what? Tom is going to be where he's supposed to be. He's going to be sitting right there in that pocket. And if the defense can continue that avalanche like they had against Mahomes, continue to get back there on that quarterback, I think that's going to cause some problems with uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I would like to see the Panthers, you know, let's blitz a little bit more, guys. Come on, let's blitz a little bit more. I know the, the secondary got exposed, but, hey, them guys get a paycheck every other week. So they got to step up and they got to cash out and step up and get there and play like they get paid. But, again, these pinball machines, I'm like, they're not going to face a pinball machine uh, uh, this week. And when I say pinball machine, I mean like a team that puts up points. Now, you look at the top teams who, who are putting up points right now, Seattle, number one offense, scoring offense. Then you got the pinball machine called the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. Packers, Saints, Steelers, and it goes on down. You get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which they are about the eighth-ranked uh, offense as far as scoring. So not quite the, the pinball machine like the Seahawks and the Chiefs, but – they can put up points. So it's going to be very imperative that that defense get Tom on the ground. And guess what? They got Antonio Brown. So you know what? He's going to have another opportunity Mm -hmm. to show people that he wants to play in the NFL. And you know Tom is going to probably try to get him some targets. And also, you can't forget about Mike Evans. So, you know, the Panthers got another game cut out for them as a different type of offense, but they still can score points. And they got different players that if you try to take away one guy, they can throw it to another guy. So that's why the Panthers offense got to step up. And Teddy Bridgewater, baby, I need you to come in with another great game like you did against those Chiefs, against the Buccaneers, and keep that offense scoring points. And defense, secondary, passing game, man, let's step it up. Let's match that run defense that the Panthers put out the defense you guys put out against the Chiefs. Because we know the Buccaneers are going to try to run the ball, and they're going to try to play action. That's what Tom does. But we also know Tom is going to be sitting back about four or five yards, six yards, depending on how many drop-back steps he takes. He's going to be right there. He's not going to outrun you. So let's contain him. Let's push the pocket, get the hands up, knock balls down, push him down at the same time. And I'm telling you, I think we can walk away with a victory. 
you know, I was going to ask you before I give my uh, taking it piggybacks off a little bit what you just said. I wanted to ask you because you're a former teammate of Tom Brady and have played underneath head coach Bill Belichick in New England. What are your thoughts on Bruce Arians kind of airing Brady out in the media? Because it's not the first week he's done that before. In fact, I think uh, early in the year, week one, week three, Tampa, I think it was the Saints, uh, where they played the Saints, had a bad game, and Bruce Arians basically came out and, and just basically put it all on Tom Brady. And then Brady responded the next week with a great game. The Bucks are coming off of a beatdown from uh, the Saints last week. 38-3 to was the score. Probably Brady's worst game as a Buccaneer. And Arians didn't hold back in his press conference. He basically put it on Tom Brady. Uh, he basically said Antonio Brown should be targeted less. Like, he, he just put it out there in the media. And I guess some coaches do that. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Brady's the type of guy that'll just internalize that and respond on the field? Or do you think that could be an issue for Brady or huh, a volatile Antonio Brown <laughs> or, or whomever that Arians is putting out there in the press like that? You know, I don't get caught over that media stuff like you're saying. You know, that's 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 that's, that's media talk. That's that, that that's where you try to stir up stuff or whatever. But the point is, Tom is a veteran. Tom is a guy where, hey, you know what? He knows what he wants to do. He's the commander out there on that offensive side, just like on defense. You got the, your, your middle linebacker. You got your safety. You know, those guys are responsible for on defense, setting up that defensive line, the secondary, the safety, letting everybody know. So they got more responsibility on them. So as the old saying goes, to whom much is given, much is required. So Tom is the quarterback. The quarterback is the glamour position. So, of course, that's the position that's going to get the most heat. And, of course, you talk about the head coach, Bruce Arians. He is the guy that when it all falls and it all comes in, he is the one that has to be Hercules and try to keep that thing uh, from collapsing. Because so as the coach goes, so as the team goes. I believe the team mimics the coach. And Bruce Arians, he's a coach that wants to win. Tom is a player that wants to win. You got two alpha males who want who want to win. You got a whole team of alpha males. So I don't see that as no problem. I just see it as two guys wanting to win. And Tom is like, hey, I want to throw the ball to the person who's open. Antonio Brown is open. Hey, let's get him back into the game because we know what he can do. Let's get him revved up. It's just like in the wintertime. When your car is cold, it's 30 degrees. What you do, you sit out there, you warm that car up, then you take off. Antonio Brown, he's that type of guy. He's been out of football for a while. So you know what? Tom just trying to get him some balls. But I understand at the same time, Bruce Arians said, hey, man, we got to win games. There are guys open. But it's going to all come together. It's going to all come together. They got too much talent on that team uh, to be bickering and letting the media come in and try to separate and cause problems. You know, like you said, I've been in that locker room, and that's what the media try to do. So those guys are professionals. You got a great head coach. You got a great uh, quarterback. You got a great all-star cast of uh, supporting players. You know what? Tampa Bay gonna be okay. So they just keep keep uh, uh, everybody keep their oars in the water and keep pedaling forward. So, uh, but Tom is a competitor, man. Bruce Arians is a competitor. Well, I'm hoping Tom doesn't have a bounce back game this week because he had a pretty bad game last week, and I'm hoping that he doesn't carry that over. Well, I'm hoping he does carry that over into this week against Carolina on the road at Bank of America Stadium, 1 p.m. kickoff Sunday on Fox. Um, you mentioned it earlier, and I'm on the same tip. I want to see some more pressure from the defense. Like, I'm really done with this three-man rush thing that they're doing. They don't do it as often as they were earlier in the year, and I understand why they were doing it uh, very thin in the secondary Wanted to add an extra guy back there, but it's not really working when we can't get offenses off the field. Like I, the Panthers have only 
forced like three punts in the past like two weeks, and that's just not going to win a lot of games for you. Um, if Brady beats us because we're sending the house, that's the gamble we take. Like I haven't seen us really take that gamble through most of a, a game before, just in situations this season. The Panthers only have 10 sacks in nine games, and four of those are from Brian Burns. Three of them are from Marquise Haynes. So, I mean, they need pass rushers. They need to send some kind of heat from somewhere, a safety blitz, something. Just do do something to get some pressure back there. And this is the perfect game to do it because Tom Brady does not want to run. He does not want to scramble. He wants to – he's one of those traditional guys that basically I call him a box quarterback where when he hikes the ball – He's got a four-foot-by-four-foot box that he wants to stand in right there behind the line, tall, and survey the field and unload it as quick as he can. He doesn't want to bootleg out to the left. He doesn't want to run out to the right. He doesn't want to – you know, he, he's not interested in those things. That's not his game. It wasn't Peyton Manning's game. It, it just – it wasn't their game to be moved off of their spot. But if you could move them off their spot and get them uncomfortable – especially with uh, penetration right up the middle where you're forcing them to go left or right to go do something, that's when teams typically had success against those quarterbacks. Uh, perfect example, the New York Giants teams that beat Brady in the, in the Super Bowl uh, two times, they basically sent a four-man rush, uh, did a lot of stunts and things, and just sent pressure right up the middle and kept everybody else home, and it made it where Brady couldn't really get comfortable and had to spend four or five seconds looking for somebody to get open. I think the Panthers need to do that to disguise some of the issues they may be having in their secondary. Send some of these guys up there. Uh, Yatur Gross Matos may be back, uh, along with Marquise Haynes, who I mentioned has uh, three sacks on the, on the season. Uh, that could definitely help. Gross Matos, rookie defensive end from Penn State, he's been nicked up through most of this season. Uh, was starting to get a little feel for the game a little bit. The last time we saw him was uh, getting towards the quarterback a couple of times on some quarterback uh, hurries. But uh, we need we need all hands on deck on defense, especially the defensive front seven, just to apply some kind of pressure to Brady because, as you probably know very well, Tyrone, if we let Brady sit back there and get comfortable, he will slice and dice us up. He's one of the best ever to do it. And if we let him get comfortable back there in the pocket with no kind of pressure whatsoever – then it's just going to be, you know, Tampa going up and down the field on us. Well, I, I tell you what, I want Tom to come in here uh, with his best. I'm like, I know he's going to bring his best. I don't, I'm not even going to say, I hope that he don't uh, bounce back. You know what? I want him to bounce back. I'm pretty, a lot of the, pretty sure a lot of the other Panther players are saying, I want Tom's best. Because the reason why I say that, I'd rather be 0-16 playing against someone's best, playing against someone's great effort, playing against the exceptional guys. I'd rather go 0-16 because I know that I took on the best. I went against the best. Versus going 16-0 and 0 and you're playing against mediocre performance, uh, mm. half efforts, or just weak teams. So I want Tom to come in here because if the Panthers are able to beat them, then that Tom can't leave and say, hey, you know what? I didn't get my best. I didn't have my best game or what have you. You know what? You want him saying, you know what? I brought my A game and they were just better. That's what, yeah, you, yeah. that's what you want. So I want Tom to come in here. And all the Panther fans who are listening, we want the Bucks to come in here with their best. I'm not going to say, hey, I hope he don't do this and I hope he – no, I want you to do it. Because when we hit you in the mouth, we knock you down, then you're going to get up and shake my hand and say, boy, look at here. But y'all brought it today. Y'all brought it today. Good luck on your next game. So um, I'm pretty sure the Panther fans are like that. The players are like that. So come on, Tampa Bay. Bring it on in, Tom. Bring it on in, uh, you know, whoever, whoever they want to bring. Uh, uh, Dominique Sue on defense, 
you know, guys, bring it, bring it, bring it. We are waiting for you. The Panthers, you know, I, I feel like the Panthers are beginning to, to, to realize who they are. And, uh, you know, you only want to go against the best. And that's how you continue to get better. So uh, I'll calm down and let you go ahead and pick up. (laughs) Well, let me rephrase what I said. I didn't mean it as if I want Brady to come in here and stink it up on his own. I want the Carolina defense to badger him into a bad game, uh, which goes more in line with what you're saying. Uh, Of course, I don't want him to come in here and, you know, throw 40 percent completion and just, you know, his arm falls off and that kind of thing. Uh, For everything you just said, you know, really, I've kind of gotten to the point where this Panther team where. I'm resigned to the point they're going to lose more games than they probably win, which is where we were at the beginning of the year. And they've already exceeded expectations, I believe, in terms of nationally of what this team could be with all of the hurdles and everything in front of them before the season began to be three and six at this point. And to have, I think the Panthers have the respect of the league, especially after last week going back and forth with the Chiefs, that I don't think any team in the league is looking at the Panthers as an easy win at this point. If anything, I think teams look at the Panthers as a feisty, it's going to be a dogfight. Like, we need to be on our game all game and not make mistakes because the Panthers are well coached. They've got talent. And uh, they're not going to just lay down and lose because they've been told they're supposed to. So, on that note, I, I do think that the, the league is starting to take notice of Matt Rule, Joe Brady, defensive coordinator Phil Snow, uh, the Panthers' offense – uh, certain got Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, guys on defense that are kind of making a name for themselves going forward. The future's bright for Carolina. I really do believe that. The future's very bright. I, I want to see what they're going to be doing going forward, but I want them to finish the season out strong. Like I don't want, I don't want three and thirteen. You know, I don't want to lose out. I don't want to uh, hope that they do this or hope they do that. I've seen enough from them where they can win some of these games. They need to learn how to close, and I think a lot of that is just repetition, experience, know-how, because there's no one on this team that's won anything of merit. Like, all those people are gone. Even Christian McCaffrey has never even won a playoff game uh, in a Panther uniform. He's only played in one. Uh, Everyone else that's on this team, you can go down the roster, none of them have played in a a meaningful playoff game or anything of that sort yet in the NFL. So they're kind of learning how to do this. They haven't won a division title. Uh, Nothing of that. Like So... They're, they're in the middle of learning this, and we're watching them learn as they go, which is kind of exciting for me, but I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that type of thing. Uh, five of the six Panther losses this year have been by eight points or less. So five of the six losses have been by one possession, and the one game that they lost that wasn't by one possession was the Tampa Bay game uh, week two that was a one-possession game late in the fourth quarter until the defense allowed Leonard Fournette to break off for a 60-plus yard touchdown run that sealed the game, and the final score was 31-17. to But even in that, it was close. It's been close the whole time. I feel like they're right there on the edge, and they just need to get a couple of these close wins under the belt to build confidence that they can do it because right now they have not been able to do it, and it's really the only glaring thing on this Panther team it's the difference between six and three and three and six, really, in terms of the season in a nutshell. Um, the only other thing, and I mentioned it earlier on in the podcast, they got to get my man DJ Moore involved uh, early. Uh, no Christian McCaffrey in this game. All hands on deck. Uh, Tampa's coming stacked with talent on their offense, but we got talent too. Quick routes, jet sweeps, direct snaps, whatever they need to do to get him some early touches. Maybe stick him back there for punt returns. He was doing that last year, and he's known for doing that in college. But he needs to touch the ball. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want them to start just forcing it to him 
but he's got to be a part of the game plan. He's the youngest player ever to have a thousand yards receiving in Panthers history. It feels like we have ignored him for two weeks, and I don't think that they can beat the Bucks ignoring DJ Moore this Sunday. He's got to be part of the game plan. Well, I tell you this: um, records don't indicate what a team is. I know you mentioned earlier. You know they've exceeded uh, expectations. I think they've exceeded outside expectations right People yeah exactly yeah the game uh the season not believing in uh carolina that's why we do this podcast believe in carolina panther podcast believe in the football keep pounding but i think the panthers they feel like you know what man we haven't even scratched the surface yet so again that's why you don't listen to the outsized noise because you know except myself except myself I played the game. I've been inside them locker room, but anybody that has not been inside a locker room, you can't listen to them. You can't listen to them. You know, you let them go ahead and say what they got to say. They're kind of like people who hold picket signs on the outside of a business. You know what? Don't worry about them. As long as they're not on the inside, it don't matter. But the Panthers, I think they have more left in the tank. And I agree with you coming into this game against the Bucks. what the Panthers cannot do like last game, they cannot allow or should I say they cannot start slow, cannot start slow. You cannot start slow, Panthers. You cannot give the Bucks 21-point lead and then say, okay, we're going to start scoring our first touchdown in the third quarter. You can't do that. You can't do that. So let's take this momentum that we got coming out of KC and let's build on it. Let's throw some more gas on it. Let's get that flame hot. Defense, let's keep it going. Let's put pressure on the run game and the pass game for the Bucks, and offensively for the Panthers. Like you said, let's spread the ball around. Let's spread the wealth around. Let's go find DJ Moore, Teddy. Go and talk to DJ Moore and tell him, say, hey, baby, I'm going to throw you some ball this game. You yes. ready? <laughs> and you go to Curtis Daniel. Tell him, hey, I'm coming to you too. We all know what Robbie Anderson going to do. He's already up there in the top with receivers and receptions. So we already know that the Bucks are counting for him. They're going to know where Robbie Anderson is. But DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, this is your opportunity to step up. Now I want to say this also about Christian McCaffrey. Even that first game, Christian didn't do too much. He ran the ball 18 times for 59 yards, 3.3 yards on average. To me, that's not really doing much. In the passing game, Christian, he didn't do that much. Four receptions, 29 yards. So, uh, again, this offense – if we get everybody into play, like you said, Desmond, and just let everybody do their roles and step in, man, I think the Panthers will be okay. They, uh, if they, I'll be happy if they just are as aggressive as they were versus the Chiefs. If they can do that each week going the rest of the year, I think they're going to win more games than they lose. Uh, they had a fake punt successful uh, again last week against the Chiefs. It was a 28-yard toss. Uh, that resulted in a first down. That resulted in a touchdown. They did that before. They did it the week prior in uh, Atlanta and converted. Like I love the aggressiveness of all three phases of the team. It's almost like somewhere in the past couple of weeks they decided, you know what? Why are we playing tentative? Why are we? Why are we playing like we don't? You know, we can't be aggressive. We've got pieces to be aggressive with. We have nothing to lose. Let's go be aggressive. Aggressive teams win. And I think for Panther fans. That part was jarring at first because we're used to either riverboat run where he was aggressive, but at spots, he wasn't aggressive the whole game, just like a little bit here, a little bit there. 
And then before Rivera, John Fox wasn't aggressive at all. He was probably the most conservative coach that we've had in Panthers history in terms of, uh, you know, it's fourth and one, he's going to punt it. Or if it's fourth and 20, he's going to run a draw and then, you know what I mean? Like, or third and 20, he's going to run a draw and then punt it. So we're not used to the aggressive style that we're seeing in Panther uniforms. But I'll tell you what, Tyrone, I love it. I love it. I've been calling for it for a decade. I wanted somebody to come in here that wasn't scared of a Tom Brady coming into Charlotte to play them or wasn't scared of a Pat Mahomes in his house in Arrowhead. And you're going to throw everything at the wall at him because you know you got talent, you know you got skill, and you've proven over the past seven, eight weeks that you can run with these guys in the NFL. And those people are respecting you. Those players are respecting the Panthers. Those coaches are respecting the Panthers. The national media is respecting the Panthers at this point. So they're on the right track. Uh, it's not like, like I said, it's not like they're getting blown out. It, th- this three and six hits different than it would have if, like, say the Panthers had lost to the Chiefs by 25 and, uh, you know, the Bucks blew them out and the Saints blew them out. And it, this three and six doesn't feel like three and six. And I know that sounds funny, but it's true. It really doesn't feel like a three and six team that we're watching. And I'm just ready for them to start winning some of these close games. And what a statement game it would be to beat the GOAT, Tom Brady, in uh, Bank of America Stadium on Sunday. Well, I, I tell you something else. Um, I know you mentioned John Fox and and uh, Ron Rivera. You know, still praying for uh, praying for Ron Rivera. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Fox. You know, his style might have been different, but one thing you got to say, his style worked because guess where he got the pounds to the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. And, uh, Matt Rule ain't done that yet. So uh, again, it's just like we talked about Tom Brady. We talked about. No, you mentioned. Um, Patrick Mahomes, is he considered a GOAT? And I said, you know what, until he put some wheels, uh, some years, some tread on his tires, then you can't have that conversation. So, yes, Matt Rule is doing a great job. I'm pretty sure even Coach Rule would say himself, you know what, give me some more years before you guys start talking about whether I was successful or not. I think anybody from a player to a coach. But I think another person that's going to have to step up going to be Mike Davis. Get to step up again. Come back mm-hmm. in, Mike. Come back in, Mike, with that same type of energy you had when you first stepped in there when Christian went down. Step back in there again. So Mike Davis is another guy that's going to play a big part. So, again, that secondary, going to have to step up because you guys going to have to cover again. You got to cover again. You got Mike Evans, and then you got uh, Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, like, Godwin plays. You know, oh. you never know who's going to play. But Gronk, you know, he may play. So, you know, Jeremy Chin coming back in. Hey, you got a tough assignment there. You have seen that guy, Gronk, you know, you may be younger than he is, but he's a veteran. And plus, the boy's big. <laughs> the boy's big. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's big. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to throw the ball up. So get ready to play some basketball, Jeremy. You got to go work on ducking the ball in the rim right now because that's basically what they're going to do to Gronk and throw it up. And he's going to take them big paws and try to pull it down if he plays. But, again, Mike Davis, I think he's going to be the key on offense. If, if they can run that ball, then Teddy's good at that play action. And, man, it just opens up everything else. DJ Moore, uh, uh, Robbie Anderson, I'm like Curtis Samuel. Man, these guys can get open. So uh, it's going to be a good game, man. I'm excited. And anytime you playing against your division, your division foe, I just think you throw the records out the window. Uh, even though Tom doesn't know that much about the uh, Panthers, neither one of them know any much uh, about each other, that much about each other. But that's true. The Bucks and the Panthers, the Bucks and the Panthers. It's like I don't care who has that Buck uniform on or that Panther uniform on. You know what? It's a divisional game, and records go out the window. 
rivalry game. And I, I have no reason to believe that this game won't go the way that the other nine games have gone for the Panthers this uh, 2020 season, where it'll be a close matchup, pretty much a track meet. I'm, I'm really uh, – expecting the Panthers' defense to do something to get off the field. Uh, they've been having issues with that the past couple of weeks in particular, really all year when you think about it. But we kind of expected that to happen uh, with the defense for the Panthers, but it would be a statement for them to be able to do it against this Tampa team where if you look at their roster on paper, it's almost like they have more weapons than the team we just saw in Kansas City on offense. But like you said, we got we got weapons too. Like we're not showing up to the party – with nothing. You know, we're bringing some party favors ourselves. And I think the Panthers are getting to a point where they feel confident enough that they can put points up on anybody. Um, and we'll see against this Tampa team that's still got an outside shot to win an NFC South, although they got swept by the Saints. So it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for them. They have not swept the Carolina Panthers uh, since 2014, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been a, a number of years since the Bucks have swept the Panthers. I'll have an opportunity to do it on Fox this Sunday at 1 p.m., kickoff at Bank of America Stadium. Limited seating available uh, in Bank of America Stadium. So if you want to go and watch that game, uh, you may be able to grab a ticket for that. Let's uh, let's hop out of here. Uh, again, you can follow us on the Believe Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter at D-E-Z underscore 3505. You can follow Tyrone Poole at Tyrone Poole 38. Uh, and then also follow Believe at Believe Podcast, where literally they have a podcast for pretty much everything you can think of, every sport uh, and more. I was amazed, actually, that they've got other things outside of sports that they've got podcasts for. Uh, just a podcast factory, the Believe uh, Podcast Network. Uh, so we're thankful to be with them. Uh, again, I'm Desmond Johnson with Tyrone Poole. This has been the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Go Panthers, keep pounding, taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks this Sunday. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.